It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 266 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller out in Collingwood. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. Well, the Ottawa Senators beat both the Calgary Flames and the men wearing stripes last night. 4-3, the final score in a shootout. Don't look now, but Timmy Superstar, two for two in his young shootout career. He came down, made almost the same move, but he added a little something extra. We'll get into all that. Tons of ebbs and flows throughout this game. Ottawa big lead, ref show, PK unit. Solid. Huge shout-out to all the guys killing penalties. A lot of big shot blocks. We'll have our Send Central standouts. We also have a game to tee up. Ottawa, right back at it. In Edmonton tonight against McDavid and company. Uh, Hopefully it goes better than the last time they were out in Edmonton. If you recall the first game of that series, McDavid and Drysdale combined for 11 points. So what can Ottawa do to win tonight? We'll get our keys to victory, our locked-on player. We also have some more notes. Belleville, back in action. Ridley Gregg, assistant captain. Find out more details. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team, every day. Today is Monday, March 8th, and Pilsy. I don't like talking about the refs, but sometimes it's inevitable. This was a bad game for those refs. Like, let's just be honest. Eight power plays for the Calgary Flames, including, remember I was saying the double minor high sticking penalty seemed to happen every game? Well, there's another one, Thomas Shabbat. It's, I don't know what's going on with that, but this was an uphill battle for the Senators versus the refs in this game. And, hey, give credit to the Sens. And, like you said, pour one out for the PK unit because they held on and they gave their team a chance to win the game. And then... The young guns finished it off in the shootout, so you got to love seeing that. Well, it might not have gotten to the shootout if the refs had figured it out in overtime. I think the most egregious call, there were a couple bad ones. Ryan Dezingle right off the opening face, not face off, but early on in the game. The defense, I think it was Val Mack, he had one hand on his stick. Dezingle just stick lifts him, and they call it for slashing. Like, I thought that that was an egregious call, but the real... Well, he lifted his stick into the stands, though. That was pretty uh, pretty stick. aggressive. <laughs> yeah, Hold on to it. Two hands on your stick. You get taught that in novice, let alone at the National Hockey League level. But the one in overtime, Tim Stutzla coming in with speed, makes a move. It's a pure can opener. And if you've ever played the game, when the stick's between your legs and it gets turned, you're going down, 100%. So to call an embellishment on that, Yes, Stutzla's a rookie. He's not going to get the benefit of the doubt. But that is as egregious as it comes, especially when the penalties at that point are 7-2 to two in the game. So, I mean, something's got to give here. And, hey, good on, good on the Sens for battling through that because there's some adversity that comes with being shorthanded all game. We'll get to whose ice time was cut in that situation. But, man, oh, man, the kids do it again in the shootout, Pilsy. 
Yeah, and Stutzla, what an incredible move. I, I've watched that move a couple times now, and I don't know your opinion on it, but I can't decide if he lost the puck a little bit and had to kind of stab at it, or if he purposely did that to throw off Markstrom to get that extra reach to get it in. Pilsy, I think he did that on purpose, and it was the adjustment because I know he only had one shootout attempt, but you can bet Jacob Markstrom has seen what he did. And he came in, he did the same stick handling where he slows down, similar to Patrick Kane, and in his first attempt, he took the shot five-hole. So Markstrom's thinking, wow, I have to protect the five-hole here because he's got a quick release and he's already scored last week doing that same thing. So what does Tim do? A little fake shot to the five-hole. Markstrom bites, it goes down. Embellishment, you could call it. And Stutzla able to go backhand and tuck it in. I don't know if that was the nicest goal in the shootout, though. Like, all of the Sens goals. Remember Norris's in the game against Montreal was gorgeous, but Drake Batherson, that was almost Datsukian, where he pulls the goalie out one way and then goes back over his short side. I thought that was a phenomenal goal to win the game for Drake Batherson. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the icing on the cake there is he tried a similar move on his breakaway in OT, but couldn't quite beat him. And then he goes right back to the well and beats him to win the game. But Ross, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves starting our game off with the shootout. Let's bring it back. You were talking about the Dezingle penalty. That wasn't great. Eric Brandstrom, there's a penalty in what, the first minute? And that kind of spelled the rest of his game as he only played like five minutes. He only played two shifts uh, after the second period, so in the third and in um, overtime. So not looking good for Eric Branstrom there. Four defensemen for the Senators had more shorthanded time on ice than Branstrom played overall in the game. So I think that tells you all you need to know. But I mentioned it as well on, on Twitter, at Send Central. That's Branstrom's fifth minor penalty, and it's his 12th game. And a lot of them, if not all, have been stick infractions. Well, no, there was that one interference penalty where he like pushed the guy off. I think it was in his first game, but a lot, a lot of stick penalties. And that has to change. Not only Branstrom, though. I mean, you're not going to sit Shabbat. He played over 28 minutes. But what's going on with Shabby? He has to be playing hurt. Yeah, and I think that that may be a thing. But, like, he's still racking up points. Like, he's still getting his nightly apples. Ten assists in the last nine games for Thomas Shabbat. But the decision-making... And both on the defensive side of the puck, I don't know what him and Brady were doing in overtime. They were like trying to like push it back and they almost cost themselves a goal. It was at the end of a shift as well. You thought they would have just made a smart play, a little chip and change. And that was, that was a bit uh, nerve wracking to say the least. Yeah, I think Brady was on the ice way too long in overtime, in my opinion. And yeah, those weird drop passes in their own end where both of them are skating forward and no one's dropping back. I don't know. That was... That was a weird one for sure, yeah. But luckily, they bring it all the way to the shootout. I felt pretty good about them in the shootout. Yeah, so did I. Okay, let's let's start right back at the top because I think as a goalie-friendly show, Ottawa was due for one of these ones. How many goals have gone in on our net where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, how'd that squeak in? Well, Connor Brown, for all the grade-A chances that Connor Brown misses, this one goes in, Pilsy. This one? Yeah, it is It is funny, and that's just classic on-brand for Connor Brown. But that there was a deflection there. It did hit off. I don't know the defenseman's skate, but if you see the angle, you know that camera they have in the boards behind the net? If yeah. you saw the angle from there, you can see the tip off the skate clearly, and that's what beats Markstrom. But at Still the same time, time to react. 
still yeah, exactly. You you gotta you gotta have your body in enough position that if a deflection from a point wrist shot changes uh, angles slightly, you should have enough surface area of your body to cover that. And Markstrom didn't have it. He knows right away that that's a frustrating one that he should have had. You see him look to the heavens right after. I'd say Connor Brown used his mini putt technique on that shot. Like no power, even he was just get it on net, a little floater, but. Good on Connor Brown, his sixth goal of the season. But then it was just two minutes later that Ryan Dezingle extends his Senators point streak to four games, two if you're only counting this season. But you go all the way back to 2019, he had points in his last two games. This guy is just a perfect fit back in Ottawa. You know what he is? Defensively, yes. Does he leave you wanting more? Sure. But he is a quick strike offensive talent. And that's something that this Senators team just didn't have so I think it's too early to say this but he could be one of Pierre Dorian's best acquisitions so far he fits exactly what this team needed and I'm almost hoping that they give him a two-year extension yeah maybe not a five by five uh like what was on the table before but I'm with you I like the zingle in this lineup and I said it last time he's that speedy offensive veteran that they need to keep around in this lineup so I would have no problem if they extended the zingle um talking about his point streak his last goal that he scored uh for the against the Jets this was in his first stint with the Senators was assisted by none other than Chris Tierney and he talked about it when he was coming back to the Ottawa Senators he hinted a guy he liked playing with was Chris Tierney and you saw this two-on-one I would have bet the mortgage on Chris Tierney passing that puck. There's not oh, a yeah. damn chance he's shooting that, but don't take away from the pass. Sure, it seemed like it was a clear two on zero, but the defenseman, I think it was Anderson, dives in, and Tierney gets Tierney's so good at that little chip pass at the last second on a two on one because if you pass it too early, it's a dead giveaway, and the goalie's going to get it every time. If you pass it too late, the defenseman's going to block that lane. He is so good at timing that, and it's on the tape every single time. So if you're a zinger and you see Tierney's the guy that's going to be feeding you on this two on one, you've already got that goal counted. You might as well skate to the bench and and uh, get your high fives already because that's an easy goal. I love seeing that play from those two. Plus two, Chris Tierney, the tops on any Senators forward. He had an assist, missed a couple breakaways, and it's now 23 games without a goal. But it was an awesome pass. However, not the best pass on this goal. How about Mike Riley's outlet pass to create the two-on-one? This guy is coming back from injury. And Mike Riley, man, this guy's playing with a ton of confidence out there. Yeah, and especially considering that he may still have a bit of injury uh, lingering, right? Like he just came back from that, and we're not really sure where he's standing there. He played 24-08, including six and a half shorthanded. So I think that uh, tells you that he's ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And him back with Zub was nice to see. And um, Ian Mendes in his article today suggested, what are the Sens going to do with Riley? Do they trade him? Do they sign him? I want to see him brought back. Like I would love to see him brought back a short-term deal somewhere around $2 million. But the, the connection that he has with Zub, that's just such a nice line combo. And as we always preach, keep him under 20 minutes. Although this time he played well over 20 minutes because of the Branson effect. But I digress. If you keep him under 20 minutes, he's a solid defenseman. If you, if he knows his role and you can keep him limited. So I would love to see Mike Riley back, especially because the Sens upcoming defensive prospects, I think still need a little bit of a buffer period. Yeah. Well, we mentioned when we were looking at the UFAs to be that Mike Riley's right up there in leading point getters this season. And now he has nine assists still looking 
for his first goal. But that gave Ottawa a 2-0 lead heading into the second period. I got a lot of respect for Mark Giordano, though. This guy is a warrior. The more we're seeing him now, five of the last six games. By the way, Ottawa winning the series against Calgary now, three wins to two so far. There's still a few more games later on in the year, but that's a nice feather in their cap. He got the Flames right on the board, but it wasn't long after that Colin White continued his stretch of brilliant hockey and just confident hockey. And, and he had his intermission interview, and he just seems like a confident guy, and that's something that wasn't there throughout last season. He's now matched his total that he had in 61 games last year, and he's done it in under 25. He gets his seventh of the year, his fifth in the last six games. Take us through that goal, Pilsy. Yeah, Colin White. And this is what I love about Colin White. I feel like I'm saying this every time we're mentioning him. He's not the fastest. He's not the best shot. He doesn't have the best offensive abilities. But the hockey IQ is there. The puck is, it's a mad scramble in front of the net. I think Nick Paul is the Sens player there. There's three Flames players, all with their their faces towards the puck, puck watching, trying to get that loose puck out, just chop it out. And Colin White, he doesn't involve himself in there. What's the point of having a fifth guy whacking away at a bouncing puck in the slot? Just hang out at the back, wait for the puck to sneak out, and bury it. That's what he does. He finds himself in great positions to score. So that's another one for Colin White. And you mentioned him feeling confident. Well, he's shooting at a 17.5% success rate. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not a guy that's just going to pepper the puck on net just for the sake of doing it. He's going to find good scoring opportunities and and get them. And he's we thought Dadanov would be kind of the offensive finisher on that line. It's been looking like Colin White more recently. How about the pass from Nick Paul, though? That little one-touch pass was gorgeous. And uh, good on Zaitsev for getting on the on the scoreboard as well because he was an animal defensively. Five block shots for Nikita Zaitsev. We may as well give some credit to the PK unit right now because as we move into the third period, Ottawa had to kill off that double minor to Shabbat between the second and third. At that point, Ottawa was six for six on the PK, having only allowed five shots on goal. So that's pretty good. However, Johnny Goudreau then scored on that second man advantage three minutes in to the third period. But listen to these ice time by the PK unit. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev played the most. He played eight minutes and 50 seconds shorthanded last night. That's an extraordinary amount of time. Gabranson, 733, Riley, 631, and Zub, 531. The forwards, Austin Watson, 825. He had two huge block shots in the first period. Nick Paul played 736, and then stick taps to Chris Tierney and Connor Brown, the other dynamic duo on the PK. Those guys, not only were they good in their own zone, but how nice is it to see the PK unit create some offense too? That's what I love about guys like Chris Tierney and Connor Brown. Like, yes, we can make our jokes about how they can't score on breakaways, but when you have possession, when you're on the penalty kill, that's so important. And it's, it's funny because this game was a weird one. If you go to natural stat trick, the flames absolutely dominated in almost every single category, but the Sens were able to hold tight, bend, not break as a penalty killing unit. They had a lot of, I mean, honestly, the Sens could have won this game like six to three. If Tierney scores on those breakaways, Brady Kachuk hit a post. Um, Batherson had another breakaway in overtime. Like 
the Sens are holding tight and getting their chances. And you gotta you gotta give it up for Matt Murray being one of the best penalty killers. You talked about all the ice time of these forwards. Matt Murray did a good job too. I don't really blame him on the Goudreau goal. It was kind of a, a rebound bouncing around that he didn't have much of a chance at. So to see the special teams, and I actually thought their power play, although it was limited, they had good ozone time possession. So the special teams for the Ottawa Senators has really turned itself around recently, I would say. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Once it got to 3-2, though, it was only a matter of time. What can the Senators do to push back a little bit more? Because they were chasing the game for those 10 minutes between the 3-2 goal and when Noah Hannafin tied it up. Yeah, I don't really know what they could do in that situation. They were just getting overwhelmed. And then when you have the momentum not on your side, getting all these penalty calls called against you, it's really tough to pick it back up. So I think really they did all they can. They they weathered the storm, right? And I, I think as soon as they were able to make it through that third period, you got to feel good about yourself. Like you held off the major front. Now you're going to get uh, better opportunities at three on three. I like the Sens chances three on three up against the Flames and even better. I like their chances in the shootout because these young guys, Norris and Stutzler, they just look incredible. So I got an Isimov. Yeah, but he did almost score, though. I didn't mind that move. It was very close. Uh, Markstrom almost slid that puck into the net. But I think if you're the Senators at that point, you got to know you're you may be overwhelmed five on five and uh, during regulation, it's not going your way. But just keep holding on and try to get the advantage in overtime and shoot it and you're going to make it. And that's what happened in this game for sure. Definitely a head scratcher getting an Isimov in the shootout, but here's what I will say. He was eight for 19 in his career before last night. So that sure. But at the same time, DJ Smith had seen an Isimov sitting on the bench, basically the whole game. He played the least among any Ottawa senators forward. But when it comes to an Isimov shooting, wouldn't you have preferred the other Artem? I was at the edge of my seat, hoping we'd see the Zubinator. Yeah, I would have loved to see the shootout specialist, Artem Zub. I think maybe that's DJ Smith kind of giving Artem Anisimov a bit of a chance there since, like you said, he was one of the – he was the fewest ice time uh, for Sens forwards in this whole game. So maybe that's just kind of tipping your cap to him, being like, all right, let's see what you can do. Like you said, his, his shootout numbers weren't that bad as a career. So it's worth a chance. Didn't really work out. I want to see the young guys in the shootout. That, that's their time to shine. Like you can't, you can't have a coach or people saying, "Oh, young mistakes or inexperience." Like this is just one on one up against the goalie. Who's got the better moves? And the guys like Norris, Batherson, and um, Stutzla, they're, they're give you such a good chance to win in the shootout. So just get those guys out there. Don't don't make any weird moves with the veterans like that. No doubt. Okay, one last note on the Stutzla embellishment call in at the end of overtime. Did Matthew Kachuk just make the list? Because what the hell was that going to collar grab Jimmy like that? 
Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Like, what what was he trying to do? Like, fight? Was he gonna fight him after? Like, what the hell is that? And yeah, that embellishment call just drives me nuts. Like you mentioned it earlier, Timmy Stutzla's coming through with so much speed and he's deking and he gets tripped up. Like, obviously he's gonna fall hard. Like he's not embellishing it. And if you call the guy for tripping, then how can you call Stutzla for embellishing being tripped? That just drives me freaking crazy. But uh, yeah, that was a weird move by Matthew for sure, especially because. We've seen all these videos of like Brady trying to like get Timmy and Matthew like acquainted at, uh, during the warm up, and Matthew just not having any of the uh, the friendship tour with Timmy Stutzel, That's for sure. No, not at all. I'm glad that we have Brady over Matthew. I'll say that, especially Damn. after these last five out of six games. So Brady Kachuk, the under hit for his shots on goal, which is very rare for Brady, but still making an impact, playing over 20 minutes of ice time and adding that assist to boot. So a great night all around for the Senators. And with that, let's get to our Send Central standouts. How can you start anywhere else than with Austin Watson? Yes, I'm going with Watson. He had the fight, although he didn't fare as well as maybe you'd hoped. And you can make the argument he shouldn't have taken the fight up to nothing. But he's a heart and soul team player, and he led this PK unit. I thought he set the tone. In, I think it was the Dezingle call that we talked about, the early penalty, that or the Branstrom one. He killed off two huge block shots, and that just permeates through the rest of the boys. They're like, okay, we're, we're here to play tonight. We're going to hold the fort tight, and that's why Austin Watson, for me, stands out above the rest on a lot of good performances in last night's game. So I got a couple more, but I want to give some stick taps to the perfect fourth line right wing, I think, Austin Watson. I'm glad he signed. He's got three years left on his contract, so – He's going to be sticking around. I love that. Yeah, I like it too. Austin Watson, great, uh, great mention. And yeah, I'm going to stick with the penalty killing unit. And I think you know where I'm going, but Chris Tierney. This was one hell of a game Huge for Chris game. Tierney. Like two breakaway chances. And the first one, I think he just gets a shot off. It's not a great opportunity. But the second one, he had a nasty deke that he just couldn't tuck in between Markstrom's pads as he was sliding over. He had the assist on the Dezingle goal. You talk about killing penalties. Well, he was out there for six minutes and 47 seconds killing penalties. And he led all Ottawa Senators forwards in ice time. That's so rare for Christine. Gotta this be is a, a guy. First. What's that? Gotta be a first. Yeah, I think this is the first. It, it easily is the first time he's uh, led all forwards in ice time. I just, I really like his play. Three shots on goal. Like, this is a guy that I think the the Senators may have to, unfortunately, give up in the expansion draft. But this is a guy I'm so glad they signed. I love Chris Tierney's game. I don't care if he doesn't score goals because he kills penalties and he dishes the puck so well. It that's That makes up for that. So Chris Tierney was my standout for sure. I like that. And then, again, just honorable mentions to Mike Riley for coming back from that injury. And we've been hard on him, but he's earned all the praise that he's getting. And he has looked so comfortable. It's the Artem Zub effect, though, at the same time. Like, those guys read off each other. These little plays that they make to help each other break out. And I thought Nikita Zaitsev, like I mentioned earlier, fantastic in his defensive zone. And nice to see him get rewarded with a secondary assist. One thing that didn't stand out, was the face-off circle. Yikes, 40%. How, how much of a detriment was that, especially in the third period? Because the Flames, at the time that they tied the game, we mentioned the Sens were running around. Shots at that point were 12-1 in the period. They ended 16-3 in favor of Calgary. How much of that is not getting the initial possession off face-off? 
Yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, if I could go back in time to 20 minutes ago when you asked me what do they need to do in the third period, I, I'm going to say win faceoffs because that was a big part of the possession in the third period is not getting those faceoffs. And Chris Tierney and Colin White were atrocious in the dot tonight, and they, they're the ones that took majority of these draws. So I'm just on the website, NHL.com, and how weird is this? They have... Artem Anisimov as the second star in last night's game. I know. Yeah, I saw that. That's well, a weird huh? one. That's Pierre Dorian paying them off. Like, get Artie a second star so we can ship him off for a good traffic. Like, why? What What did he do? He he missed a shootout attempt and had one face-off that he lost. Other than No that, shots like, on goal, no hits, no blocks. <laughs> he has literally zeros across the entire board. That is wild. So, uh, yeah, sorry for you didn't make our Sten Central standout list, Artem and Nisimov. Uh, Eric Branstrom couldn't make the Sten Central standout list because he was sitting the entire game. What do you make of that? I'm assuming he'll be out of the lineup. This was the first time for me where from the start of the game, that first penalty, there was another defensive miscue. I would have sat him as well, frankly. Yeah, and I think uh, something to keep in mind for this game, too, for all the people on Twitter going absolutely crazy about Branson not getting enough time, not getting an NHL salary, all these kinds of things. You have to remember there's eight penalties, right? And Branson doesn't kill penalties. So that's already at least 16 minutes of ice time that Branson will not be a part of. He was benched well before that, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand. But I'm saying, like even his performance, like regardless of, he could have, could have had the best game in his career and he wouldn't have had much ice time, right? Because he's not going to be playing on the penalty kill. So that's that's one asterisk already you got to have there. And then the second one is, I think you got to get Willannon in here anyway. So I think it's time. Brandstrom's had a couple games where he hasn't been great. Um, so get Willannon in here. Get him get a new style of young puck moving defenseman, let Branstrom watch the game from up top. And so we'll see how that goes. But I, I'm hoping that Riley's injuries aren't too concerning because really it'd be great if we could get a good Bransom out for a game and get Branstrom and Willan and, and Shabbat to all play uh, the same game. That would be something interesting too, but it, it is, it sounds like for sure Christian Willan is coming in and Eric Branson will be coming out tonight. Yeah, and again, I can't blame the coach for that. I did not think it was a great effort from Eric Branstrom. And when you look at uh, Good Branson, again, fifth in de-ice time. So moving down in terms of compared to what he was playing throughout the last, I don't know, what, handful of games. Even throughout the season, he was always up around 20, 22 minutes and now closer to 18. So some shuffling going on with the Senators, but great to see another win. Don't look now, five and five in their last 10 games at 500. They're in the top half of the league in goals four. Only problem is their inconsistency in between the pipes. Matt Murray, he was good last night. Well, consistent inconsistency, though. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so look out next game. Again, it's too early. It's 10.30 right now. We don't know who started tonight, but you got to think back-to-back. Will Joey Decord get tonight's start? All I know, Ross, is whoever I say will be in the pipes will not be. For both teams. (laughs) Yeah, this has been a wild streak of me thinking certain goalies are going to get played and they're not. So tonight's starters, Ross, are going to be Kevin Mandelazy and Troy Grosnick. That's going to be a really interesting game. We're going to see how that goes. It's Troy Grosnick, the one that you uh, profile like 10 times? Ten times, God! I did. I did it once, and he ended up. I think he's been traded two times since that episode. So 
That is uh, happy trails to Troy Grosnick. But I really want to see Decord get in the net here. Like, I think it would be silly to put Matt Murray in here. Like, Joey Decord, we talked about it. He's not going to get these opportunities when Markstrom's back or um, when Hogberg's back, probably. But maybe with his performance, he will steal those games. But there's there's no real reason to put Murray back-to-back games here, I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree with that. We're going to have a full preview of the Edmonton Oilers and Ottawa Senators tonight. It's the 28th game of the Senators season, meaning now we are at exactly the halfway point of this condensed season and the progression. Yep, it's going in the right direction, as is the case with Ridley Gregg. He made an impact with the Belleville Senators in his short cup of coffee before having to go back to Brandon, where he has been named an assistant captain. Nice bit of leadership there showing by Greg. Hey, eh, Pills? Yeah, it's great to see Ridley Gregg get a leadership opportunity in Brandon with the A, and why not? Like, this is a guy who has, although it's a short sample size, he has pro experience that he can kind of lend a hand to some of the younger guys in the WHL that, of things he's learned in his short time in Belleville. So I think that's a great move. And from what I've heard about Ridley Gregg, um, we talked to a Brandon Sun reporter a little while ago, Perry Bergson, and he was saying that is a high character guy. Like this is a guy that can really kind of like Brady Kachuk drive and bring his team into the battle. So I'm not really surprised that he got an A and honestly, it's great that he's back in Brandon, but I want him back in Belleville ASAP. Yeah. It's so great for Ridley Gregg. That season starts March 12th. So next Friday, same day as the Nodak sends begin their NCHC tournament. It's a 24-game season for Brandon, so we'll be following along with that. Although his buddy Cole Reinhardt sends six-round pick, he's going to stay in Belleville. And those Belleville Senators are in action tonight. Let's tee it up right after we tell you about our friends at Bilt Bar because the Belleville Senators could use a jump after their 1-5 and five start to the season. So they should call us. Get a built Bar. Igor, we can hook you up. It's all good, man. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in 16 amazing flavors as well. Eight are chocolate nut. Eight are chocolate nut free. But I can tell you they're all 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. Built Bars are great if you're health conscious. Whether you're a guy or girl, you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, But they're high in protein and high in fiber. I haven't said it in a while, but it's getting to spring. It's a nutritional grand slam. Now, Pilsy, for our pick of the week, where are we going today? Well, I haven't profiled this one in a while. So we're going to go. This is a fruit flavor, but also a pastry. So fruit pastry. How about apple almond crisp? I'm a big almond crisp kind of guy. I know you said it's almost spring. That's more of a fall flavor. But it's good any time of the year. you got to try it. Apple almond crisp, 160 calories. 18 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. That is Pillsy's pick of the day. And guys, if you like Pillsy's pick of the day, go to BuiltBar.com and they're doing a Built Bar flavor bracket challenge. So kind of like March Madness, you're going to have two flavors head to head. You're going to vote on which flavors you like and we'll see which is truly the Built Bar championship flavor. So go to BuiltBar.com and check that out. And Ross, hook them up with the promo code they can use while they're there. Ooh, we got a new promo code alert. Built Bar, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So when you go to BuiltBar.com, use this promo code. Locked on 20, but 2-0. So locked on 2-0, and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com. And once you sit back, you've ordered your Built Bar, you're like, okay, now I'm feeling confident, as you should. 
and that's when you go to bet online. Go to betonline.ag. It's the only place that we trust. The one place that has us covered. The one place that has been paying out so much damn money for our Ottawa Senators money line team. Money line squad is five and five in their last ten at betonline.ag. The odds are always against the Senators, so take advantage of that. Go to betonline.ag. Put in a new account. Then, when you make your first deposit, your first deposit at betonline.ag, you put in the promo code Locked On. When you do that, you get a 50% welcome bonus with that first deposit. So, if you're willing to put in $200, you get $100 right in your account. It's that easy. And then, with that free play money, you can turn it into real money by listening to Pillsy's Parlay of the Day, which once again, was one goal away, which is why you have to alternate. So put some on Pillsy's parlay of the day and then split it up. Put a little a little shekel on each part of it because he's guaranteed to never lose all three. Stay tuned for the fine print if that's true, but he does always have one. It's Pillsy's parlay of the day. You know what? I'm pretty sure that guarantee is accurate. I don't I don't think I've lost all three of a parlay. So if you split them up, you're getting some money. And I would say... 95% of the time, again, fine print, no fact checking. I'm only one goal away from hitting a parlay. And it's usually an overtime or shootout that it happened. Last time, my three-team parlay, the Boston Bruins lost one nothing to the New Jersey Devils. So tell me if you thought Aaron Dell was going to shut out <laughs> the, the Boston Bruins in that game. Was it Troy Grosnick? No, no, it's not Troy Grosnick. He's playing tonight, Ross. Come on. Right. So ha- having said that, the over is going to be through the roof in this Senators-Oilers game. The over at six and a half, that's at plus 102 odds. I love that. Love cheering for goals. So we're starting off with that. Then we're heading over to Vegas. The Golden Knights, Mark Stone has been on fire. The, the flower is in full bloom, even though it's not spring yet. They're up against the Minnesota Wild. And I love this money line at minus 111 money line. So basically, almost even odds for the Vegas Golden Knights up against the Minnesota Wild. They've beaten them in every single matchup this season. So I love that. Get that on the parlay. Vegas Golden Knights money line. The over for the Ottawa Senators and McNoilers game. Put $10 in the parlay, you'll win $28.40. That is Pillsy's Parlay of the Day. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pillsy, we got into Belleville in yesterday's show, so you can go back, listen to that, or any Locked On Senators podcast, wherever you get yours. Always appreciate a subscription. And if you don't mind leaving a review, that goes a long way. You can also follow us on Twitter at Send Central or on Instagram at LockedOn.Senators for up-to-the-minute content. But Pillsy, tonight's Belleville Senators have redemption on their hands because this season did not start the way they wanted at the Bell Center. They played three straight games against Laval, got one win, but allowed way too many goals. What do they need to do to get back in the win column? Well, they need a healthy decor is the most important part because that decor is a shell of what it was last season, but I don't think that's happening any anytime soon. Ole Alsing, I think, is out for a couple more weeks still, and he was even not, not uh, an anchor on that blue line either. It's going to be tough, I think, 
I love, we're going to see more Igor Sokolov, that line of uh, him and Kaslich and Reinhardt. Um, I love that hard grinding line. We're going to see some formants and breakaways. Hopefully you can capitalize on some of this. But again, this, this with Belleville season already going down the drain, it's all about player development now. So the wins don't really matter. It's all about the, the players growing. A guy I need to see something from, obviously Logan Brown, but Vitaly Abramov, like this guy went from Abracadabramov pulling hat tricks out and rabbits and just performing tricks to now he's a disappearing act. Like he hasn't done anything. It's It's been sad to see because he's a guy that's got an elevated role with all these guys leaving, Schlappick, Balsers, uh, the guys graduating up to the NHL, et cetera. So that's a guy we were expecting big things from this season. So I'm going to be dialed in on Vitaly Abramov and seeing if his disappearing act is uh, going to get foiled here. I hope that he brings his projected line mate with him logan brown by all accounts had his best game of the season had a power play assist although it was a bit in garbage time i should mention by the way there were four games at the start of the season against laval i think i said three just now still only one win and logan brown only one point on the season in five games played he missed a couple of those original ones with an injury shocker but He's back. Hopefully take a step because it's going to be that much harder to make Ottawa's lineup, Pilsy. You have Artem Anisimov's second star of the game. So, I mean, with Logan Brown, we just need to see a little bit more from him still. And, well, the Senders road trip ends after this series in Edmonton, and that's when there's going to be a real decision made whether he is ready to come up and join the rest of the NHL team. And interesting enough, Ross, that's right around the corner is trade deadline. So we're going to see how he does in Belleville. Can he play well in the American League? Can he get called up? What happens if he doesn't get called up after this stint? Is he, you got to trade him at that point, don't you? You have to. If anybody wants him. There would be a lot of teams interested. I think a lot of teams could buy into a change of scenery and different role could really work for Logan Brown. And I don't think anyone's doubting his talent. I think the, the injury problems are definitely a big part of this. And you know what? It's been back and forth with Logan Brown in the sense, but I, I, truly don't see it working out so unfortunately i've uh, kind of changed my tune on logan brown and i think it is time to start looking for options for a trade here i think that one c projection is uh, all but fizzled away but that's just in time for the pinto train to heat up because once nodak season maybe pinto steps right into where logan brown is either as a top center in belleville who isn't malcontent about being the number one center in belleville I'm not saying that's a bad thing for Logan Brown. He's already been that guy for two years now. So you age out, that's fine. You have fresh blood coming in. Let's see where that goes, though. I'm feeling a big game tonight from Logan Brown. Huge game for Belleville if they want to get back on their their season, back on track as well during this homestand. They're 0-2 on home ice, and that's not going to cut it. The Ottawa Senators 0-4 against the Edmonton Oilers this season, and that is going to be a tough test. For this decor, McDavid is back, back, back. He went three games without a point. What does he do? He makes up for it with a three-point performance, a game-winning goal against Calgary the other night. And Edmonton, they had a little downturn against the uh, Leafs last week, but outside of that series, they have been playing dominant hockey. They're jumping themselves into the playoff picture of more guaranteed a playoff spot, the top three in the North Division starting to pull away. What does Ottawa have to do to have a successful trip to Rogers place this time around well hopefully the discipline and the refs won't be paid off so there won't be eight penalty kills but 
that's going to be my key to success is if and probably when the Oilers get on the power play, that PK unit's got to be airtight. Like it's got to be solid because if you start letting Dreisaitl and McDavid uh, really start clicking on the power play, you're done. You're done. There's no chance. So, I mean, stopping them five on five is tough enough. So the penalty killers, I'm looking at you, Chris Tierney, Connor Brown, Austin Watson, these guys we just gave a lot of praise to last game. They're going to have to strap on the boots and get right back at it. Like no, no day off for them. So you're going up against one of the best power play teams in the league in the Edmonton Oilers. So the PK is going to be on full spotlight tonight if they're going to have a chance to win this one. Well, the good news, Pilsy, is that they've had a lot of practice last night. Uh, they went seven for eight against the Calgary Flames. But man, you look at Connor McDavid. I feel like he does this to every team, but he has 20 points in 13 career games against the Ottawa Senators. So I think it goes without saying that we are looking out for both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl in 13 games as well against Ottawa. He's at 16 points. But the last time these two teams met, his countryman, Tim Stutzla, had a goal late and it didn't really matter. But I think that now this time around, doesn't Stutzla look just a little bit bigger to you already? I feel like that forecheck last night in the third period where he just bullied Rasmus Anderson, who's a big boy himself. I think that that is hopefully a sign of things to come because we know Drysaddle plays that power forward game. If Stutzla can add that to his arsenal, oh man, look out. So I'm going to be locked on Tim Stutzla tonight. What about you? Yeah, Tim Stutz is a great choice for sure. For me, I think I'm going to be locked on to Drake Batherson. This is a guy that's coming off a hot streak. He just scored the game winner in the shootout. He's feeling himself. I, like, he needs to be a guy that clicks for the Senators. Like, it's becoming apparent that he's a big part of this roster and a big part of the reason why they're, they're successful, especially uh, when it comes to offense. So I'm going to be watching Drake Batherson. I want to see him kind of go up against these big guns in, uh, in Edmonton and show maybe he's not an elite franchise guy, but he has a lot of value. And again, this is a contract year for Drake Batherson. So he needs to show it every night so he can pad those stats and come uh, negotiation time at the table. He's looking pretty good. I just want to touch on Stutzel one more time, but to, to your point, especially with Batherson and the contract, great note in Ian Mendez's Monday article on the athletic where like, what do you do? The COVID landscape? Like, do you lock them up long-term? Uh, we have lots of time to talk about that though. I want to talk about how Stutzla is doing what I think a lot of players need to do more of in the NHL. When your A game isn't working, and Stutzla is wonderfully offensive talent, but when that's not working, you have to have a B game and a C game. And that's why it was so great to see Stutzla be physical on the forecheck and really try to separate body from puck because he knows the puck hasn't been going in for him. He hasn't scored in like, what, 10 games now? It seems like it's just becoming longer and longer. Yeah, his last goal was in against Toronto on February 18th. So now he's gone eight games without a goal. He does have five assists in that stretch. He was on a four-game assist streak, but now three games without a point. Is that of concern, or are you seeing a player develop his all-around game at the NHL level? No, that's not a concern for me, especially like this is still a young rebuilding team and to have your youngest, newest player still struggling is is probably going to happen and he's not going to be getting points every single night. And for a guy who's at the bottom of the NHL leaderboard, or should I say top of the Masters leaderboard yeah. in terms of uh, negative plus minus, in those eight games without a goal, he's an even player. So I think that says a lot as well into how he's developing his overall body of work. 
Definitely. And that goes to show that he's not just a power play guy, right? Like that means he's having success five on five if, if it's affecting his plus minus like that. So that's great. And yeah, like you said, I love seeing that four check. Like only, only send sickos, your third overall pick, and you're drooling over him uh, on a four check uh, with the puck. The puck wasn't even there the second time he hit him. That was just out of frustration. That's just Timmy being like, I'm sick of getting bullied out here. I'm about to bully someone else. So you got to love seeing that from Timmy Stitz. A little sandpaper. Yeah, let's see a, a strong effort on a back-to-back with travel. So it's what we call a schedule loss, especially going into Edmonton to take on their big boys. But who better than the pesky Ottawa Senators to have another late-night sicko performance? It's a 9 o'clock puck drop on the Eastern time zone, and we're going to be locked into that. Like I said, at Send Central on Twitter for up-to-the-moment analysis. And follow Locked On NHL while you're there. We got the post-game videos coming out. Ah, we may have fallen asleep a little bit before doing last night's, but you can be sure that'll be back in the rotation. And then we'll be right back here tomorrow to break it all down. So lots going on. Belleville in action. The Senators as well. For Brandon Hiller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.